0: and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
2: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
3: Yes, indeed, and this morning I am joined by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Good morning to you, Teresa.
4: Good morning, Denny. Hope you guys can hear me now.
3: Absolutely nice, loud and clear. Excellent. uh, That's uh, good for our listeners because, as you know, we tend to get a little busy during this hour. We do. uh, I was thinking, what, we've got about three days and it's officially spring, something like that.
4: And somewhere, maybe it's spring.
3: <laughs> yeah, but I just heard the forecast, so it doesn't. It's not too promising, but it, it'll happen. Yeah, but it'll, it'll get happen. there. Yeah, it'll yep. get there. And uh, there will be some, uh, you know, looking at the daytime highs this week, and uh, plus a little rain here and there. So there'll be there'll be some melting for sure. But it'll in be the meantime, a lot
4: of melting, and it's a slow melting, which is good because yeah, we don't we want like everything that. to melt at once. That's flooding. Absolutely. We don't want that. We want to keep all that water because we're really greedy. So we want. Well, all that Well, we water need it. To uh, considering
3: last last year, we really we, we do. Really we need,
4: need to time. to recharge those aquifers and plump up our soils.
3: So any kind of a lawn or garden question, we welcome yours. You can call it in. We'd love to hear your voice. So you can chat with Teresa if you like, or if it's easier, just send a text, like some folks are already doing. Uh, either way, just one number will get you a phone call or a text: six five one. Four six one nine two two six six five one four six one nine two two six. Texter says, "When can I start my tomatoes indoors?"
4: Just about now is a really good time to start your tomatoes. And if you are looking for suggestions about which varieties, uh, the Master Gardeners do seed trials every year on all different kinds of fruits or not fruits, vegetables, and flowers. And you can get that information from the extension.umn.edu website when you click on the Yard and Garden tab. So they'll give you some cool ideas which ones to grow. But now is about a good time. It's not a good time yet probably to start like squashes and things that come up a little faster because they'll get too long. So... Read the seed packets and figure out your frost date, and backtrack a little bit, and you can figure out when's the best time to plant those seedlings. Those seeds. Always
3: like to find out, uh, what, Teresa, what you and and uh, Mary and and Julie are doing this time of year. Are you reading seed packets and catalogs yet? And what are oh, you? Oh, reading
4: up to? seed packets. Dreaming about gardening, looking out my windows, figuring, hmm, that's where I've been looking out all the time, watching the snow. Maybe I should plant a garden there. Uh, Just thinking about what I'm going to plant and getting excited and trying to put the brakes on a little because it's too early to do a lot of things. But it's also a good time to be pruning our trees and shrubs. And it is still? It is still. Yep. The Extension website has a good article on that. So, So look into that certain ones if you prune now you're going to be losing all your flowers like your lilacs and your azaleas and things but um you know there's there's various ways to prune and there's some things that need to prune you know what's another really good thing to do right Mm. now uh take your camera phone your your phone i'm old-fashioned i guess take your phone go outside and look at what the bunnies are doing and the deer where you see the tracks take pictures then if you see shrubs that have been um gnawed or damaged by any of those pests, uh, take your calendar and say October 1st, put yourself a little note on the calendar to protect that arborvitae, to protect that um, spirea. Just make a note and then you'll have a picture and you can say see picture from 318 or whatever and you have that note in your calendar. It'll bing up in October and you won't have to think of it till until October, then you won't have to remember which shrubs the the bunnies ate or the deer ate or anything like that. It'll just be a reminder to protect those things next year. Because it's kind of late now. It's kind of late now.
3: <laughs> well, either either. I like mean, you can,
4: but yeah, but
3: either a phone or a camera,
4: or a camera, <laughs> way. or both. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and then just and just make your note on your paper calendar or your phone calendar or however you remind yourself of tasks that you have to do in the future. And you put it out there and it's on that calendar and you don't have to worry about what you had to do in October. You don't think, what was that? What was I supposed to do? What was Teresa babbling about? It's right there.
3: <laughs> but it, it is. It's a good idea. Um texter says this. Have, uh, they have a family of squirrels living inside a mature box elder tree. Can they weaken the tree and should I cut it down? The tree, though, gives needed shade over my garden. Thanks. Love the show. Thank
4: you um, I would probably maybe think about planting a new tree and just understand that the, the hole that they're living in, if they're living in a hole, the squirrels aren't really going to expand that that much. They're, they're not doing any damage. the hole's already there. Um, they'll do some pruning on the tree which the box elder can easily handle and it should be just fine. So they're, not, they're just taking advantage of like free rent.
3: What have you heard, if anything, uh, about uh, any tree diseases? How are we doing so far around these parts? Have you heard?
0: Uh,
4: well, um, ash—the emerald ash borer—is yeah. still a problem. Um, we do have to worry about the um, oh, it used to be called gypsy moth, and now it's something else—spongy moth. That will probably be coming in. Uh, there are some some insects that are coming in because of our winters are are milder. Yes, they usually are. <laughs> This weird year's been a little weird. But um, the temperatures are milder, so a lot more of those those insects can uh, move north. But I haven't heard of any major big diseases that I should be aware of. Anything new? Oak wilt's still an issue. Um, the emerald ash borer deals and, um, and uh, Dutch elm disease. I haven't heard uh, of anything new that I'm aware of.
3: You know, speaking of oaks, uh, I know we're going to be getting uh,
4: Dutch elm disease. I haven't heard uh, of anything new that I'm aware of.
3: You know, speaking of oaks, uh, I know we're going to be getting, if we haven't already, some questions about, can I still trim my oak trees? Uh, is there is the window still there or is it too late now for a while?
4: I, I think the window's still there, if um, not on these warm days that are coming up because some insects could be active then. But on the cooler days, and if you're really worried, I would contact your your certified arborist or or look at the temperatures in your area or definitely go to the extension website and verify that, yes, it's still okay. But it's been cold enough out there, like now it's only, you know, 13 degrees, I think, 15 degrees, 13. So, yeah, you could be out there pruning now. That's fine. There's There's no insects moving things around.
3: And I see outside of today, which is a chilly day, the daytime highs this coming week uh, will only be around 40, uh, yeah. 41, something and like that. That,
4: that so. is technically okay for insects to fly around because it's above freezing. So yeah. you just have to kind of worry sometimes. But But, you know, wow. if it's a big oak and it means something to you, you're not going to be doing the pruning anyway. You're going to be contacting a certified arborist. And That's they true. will then tell you yes or no if they can get you in and and if it's going to happen.
3: In the meantime, Teresa, we'll take a quick break, inviting okay. our listeners to join us in this uh, conversation. Lawn or garden questions either by phone or by text six five one four six one nine two two six. Right now in the Twin Cities, woo, we moved to thirteen degrees with a high very much below average, near 24 today. But for your Sunday tomorrow, sunny near 35. Again, 13 degrees here on Newstalk 830 WCCO. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Our thanks to folks like Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering, those Lawn and Garden questions this very morning. If you want to call and chat with Teresa, or if you'd rather just send her a text, either way, 651 And again, Teresa, as you know and as we like to do, we'll mention from time to time, uh, the University of Minnesota Extension website, extension.umn.edu, a great resource, great reading. Those folks put in a lot of uh, A lot of hard work into that. And that's one of the best websites, I think, in the country as far as extension goes. It
4: certainly is. And um, the website says you can trim your oaks till April.
3: Till April. Till April.
4: So you've got the whole month, which is really only half a month left. That's true. Get on it, people.
3: All right. And this listener says this, Teresa. I overseeded my yard last fall. What type of fertilizer should I use in the spring, if any at all?
4: I would probably wait until the grass is up and growing and then just use a regular 10-10-10 or not, I'm sorry, uh, 10-0-10 or or whatever uh, lawn fertilizer you need Uh, if you want to, and then just lightly do it. Let the grass get established first. Um, It will be new grass, and so it will be very tender, so you don't want to burn it with a fertilizer. If you want to be even extra careful, you can go with an organic fertilizer. That will be very, very low, like 402 or something like that. That first number is what you're looking for to be the highest number, and normally in the lawns we want a zero in the middle for no phosphorus in the metro area.
3: And I know uh, usually around this time of year we, we get a lot of questions. Can I rake? Is it too early to rake? Well, we don't get any questions about raking yet because it's Go <laughs> out
4: there and rake. I want yeah. to see you raking your snow. But, come on, uh, <laughs> So Soon
3: to come, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, again, another text message. Let's see if I can find it here. Oh, yeah. Good morning. It says, I'm going to be starting a butterfly garden in a half-acre plot that last fall had been overgrown weeds It was tilled under last fall. What would be my next step? Uh, Thank you, Teresa, the texter says.
4: Whoa, um, that's going to be tough. Um, If you just tilled under, uh, you may have destroyed some of the plants that were there already. But the seeds of the weeds are now back up at the surface for the new crop of weeds. So you may need to actually before you, unless you're planting plants, but before you plant anything, you may actually need to wait to see what comes up and then get rid of what comes up and then plant your butterfly garden. Uh, some of the, um, I, would, I would definitely suggest that you go to extension.umn.edu. They'll have some good information on planting a butterfly garden. And if you can, watch for master gardeners teaching butterfly plants or where, teaching about butterfly uh, gardens and plants and get some information from them. Good luck on your butterfly garden.
3: Kind of a follow-up on what uh, you just commented on. The texter wants to know, what do the three numbers in fertilizers stand for?
4: Oh, that's really good. Okay, so say it says uh, 5, 6, or, or let's go 10, 5, 10. We're going to do that. The first number is nitrogen, NPK it's going to be, so nitrogen. That helps with the greening, the leaves, things like that. Nitrogen moves through our soil very easily, very quickly, and so that number is often quite higher. And the second number is phosphorus, which is um, helps with root development. Here in the Twin Cities 7 metro area, seven county metro area we have very high phosphorus in our soils so if you're planting a lawn you don't want to use anything with any number in the middle if you're planting a garden normally that can stay there so you can use that Uh, that's just that's that number and then the last number is k which is potassium and that also helps with stems and flower um, the middle number phosphorus helps with flowering let me go back to that number Uh, your lawns don't flower or normally shouldn't. So you don't have to worry about that being a high number. Uh, but for your tomatoes and things like that, you do want that to be a good number in there because you want it to flower, your beans to flower, your squashes to flower. Then we go to the final number, K, which is potassium. And that just helps with stem strength and um, and some root development, but mostly stem strength. So those are the three numbers. And um, the fertilizers will have them on there. Normally your organic fertilizers will have lower amounts. And your non-organic fertilizers will have higher amounts because they can make them in. So if you have a 10, 5, 10, that's 25. The rest of the stuff in that package, 75% of it is just inert or, or, organic or inert ingredients or just filler. And that's, that's normal. So that means 10% of it is nitrogen, 5% is phosphorus, 10% is potassium.
3: Okay, good. So it's nitrogen, uh, phosphorus, phosphorus potassium. And
4: potassium, NPK. Okay, very yep. good.
3: Thank you for that. Thanks so now you've listening. also
4: learned some chemistry there, and you can <laughs> you can impress great. people by saying, "Oh yes, N means nitrogen, and K means potassium." I'm very smart.
3: Very good. Does treating, well? Uh, here's a tree question, we were just talking about that. Does treating green ash trees for emerald ash borer prevent disease? It's been recommended to have it done at their house every two years.
4: What it does is it actually um, is a systemic, which means it gets throughout the whole tree and makes the tree like poisonous to the caterpillars, or the, not the caterpillars, the, um, the grubs that, that make the tunnels and block and destroy the tree. So that's what you're doing. You're making the whole tree poisonous.
3: If you're just joining us, Master Gardener Teresa Runa answering those lawn and garden questions uh, this morning. Uh, here's another one. I thought deer did not like lilacs, but they're munching my lilac shrubs the past two weeks. Can I spray, or is it too late to do anything about that?
4: You can still put up something that will, be, uh, uh, that will have a bad smell, and that may discourage them you can also put up fencing if you'd like uh, once they know where something is to eat though they're going to eat it there's a lot of plants that are you know not resistant rabbit or deer resistant but if you're really hungry you'll eat just about anything so they've had a lot of snow and a lot of their stuff has been covered so the the damage is a little higher and maybe you may see damage in, uh, on things that you've never seen before
3: yeah, it is, it's been a tough uh, tough winter for It has the, been for those little critters outside. Nobody's yeah. serving
4: them buffets every day. No, they have indeed. to go out and find their food. And if you look around, there's not much out there to eat for them.
3: Very good. Uh, i tell you what, let's do this. Uh, let's take a break. We'll have a look at that forecast, see what we're facing here in the uh, coming week. Uh, in the meantime, if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, please don't wait. You can call it in or text it in, 651 461 9226. We'll get to that forecast next. Here on News Talk 830, this is WCCO. Good Saturday morning to you once again. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Answering your uh, lawn and garden type of questions, either by phone or by text. If you'd like to call, we'd love to hear your voice. Otherwise, you can just send a text, like a lot of folks are doing. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Teresa, another thing we like to talk about every Saturday is the arboretum. Uh, I'm not sure I may be catching you unawares, but I uh, I haven't looked lately, and I got to get back out there. What's going on? There's always something going.
4: There's on. There's always something. There's a class tomorrow or a, I don't know what they call it, a class or whatever, a presentation on sugaring, which is how they do the sap at the Arboretum. And that means that next weekend on the 26th, you can have a pancake breakfast. So... Okay, I haven't had breakfast yet, so that sounds really good. Um, (laughs) But there's all kinds of great classes going on at the Arboretum right now. There's a self-paced class that just started on the 11th, so you can still join up. Uh, That's uh, Planting for Climate Change or or Dealing with Climate Change. So it's uh, Climate Ready Plants, that's what it's called. Most of the trails are kind of icy, so you might not be able to get out as far as, or be really careful if you do, but always call ahead and check. You do need to have a ticket. You need to call ahead and get a reservation to go out to the Arboretum. There's just lots of beautiful art art in the art galleries. There's a wonderful bookstore. Um, There's the conservatory, so if you just need to breathe in some nice, plant humidified air and look at some pretty green plants and flowers go to the conservatory and enjoy it so there's just so much going on at the arboretum right now it's it's even in the middle of winter um okay almost spring but in minnesota it seems like the middle of winter uh, well uh, uh,
3: again uh, we always like to say uh, and a lot of folks do that very thing they bring friends and visiting relatives to uh, the arboretum and again you reservations are online they make it very easy Mm-hmm. and making the uh, parking even easier yet. so uh, Which, is, get which is
4: wonderful. Yeah, but it really yeah. is a jewel for Minnesota. Yeah. And, and bring those people who come in from warmer states and they think there's nothing to do and nothing going on and beautiful in Minnesota. And you take them out to the Arb and that'll change
3: their mind. Absolutely. Just go West Highway 5 to 41 and you're just about there. Uh, texter says this. Good morning. Can you talk about using shredded paper? as part of a homemade leaf mulch. Is it okay?
4: Sure, you could use the paper. If you're, if you're making, um, the paper's going to mat down So I would probably mix it in very well with the leaves. And if you have something like uh, oak leaves, that's going to be really good because oak leaves don't mat down very well. The other leaves might mat down a little bit. But just start out uh, with a a smaller amount, maybe one inch, and see how your plants react. Make sure that your combination of whatever percentage you're growing leaf and paper is fine. Uh, Don't use glossy paper. And uh, most of the inks now that we're using are fine. They're soy-based, so you don't have to worry about that issue. Make sure you take, like, all the little plasticky windows off of envelopes or anything if you're shredding that. But I kind of think if it's a, it's a good way for security because there's no security, you know, no no thief is going to be going through your mulch looking and trying to put those shreds back together again. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> and you can um, use
4: it in your compost bin too. It's going to be a brown matter because it's very dry, so you'll need to make sure you're adding enough green to counteract it.
3: And like you said, it's a soy-based ink and now so soy-based ink and it's yeah. fun
4: and yeah. Yeah, even the colors on the comic, if anybody gets newspapers, the comics are all soy-based. Just not the glossy stuff because there's something glossy there. And that's not Very, very
3: good. good. Thank you for that text. If you want to call in your question or text 651-461-9226 Here is another one. We received two three-foot-wide raised planters. Can we raise all kinds of vegetables in them—tomatoes, peas, root vegetables, etc.? Do we need to cover them to keep the deer out? Well, I'm thinking more of the squirrels and raccoons and rabbits.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm jealous that you got those 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 containers. That's wonderful. Yes, you can raise all kinds of vegetables in there. You won't have to worry about the rabbits as much because it's three feet high. It's going to be up higher. Uh, But, yep, just put um, some chicken wire around. That will keep out uh, the squirrels and the deer. Um, The squirrels will climb climb over if you don't put a top on. Uh, If you have chipmunks, you may want to um, use hardware cloth. But, yes, you can grow all kinds of vegetables in there. And there's... It's, that's just wonderful. I'm happy for you. No, I'd
3: like to do that, too. That sounds yeah, neat.
4: Yeah, I would, too. And then you don't have to bend over so far because it's a little higher. Yeah. And, you know, you're concentrating all your efforts and your, your compost and everything in one area, and you know where your garden is, and the weeds aren't going to get in as easily.
3: So good for them. Good for them. Uh, let's grab some phone calls, Teresa. Kevin is calling in this morning from Wasika, I do believe. Kevin, uh, good morning. What is your question for Teresa. Oh, very good morning to you. Uh, Mike, uh, your remarks about fertilizer kind of aroused my curiosity. Uh, Number one is uh, the earlier you put on uh, lawn fertilizer, specifically nitrogen, is it better? And secondarily, I have access to agricultural fertilizer. Um, And you said, uh, I, I think I heard you say that, you know, a lot of it is filler or whatever in the bags or whatever. Uh, is it better, or you feel get better results from um, buying from, let's say, an ag store versus from a big box store, you know, mm-hmm. generically? Those Thank are good you.
4: questions. Yep, those are really good questions, Kevin. Thanks for those. Okay, so the earlier you put on the fertilizer for your lawn, you want to make sure your lawn is up and growing, that the soil is frost free obviously then the lawn grows because you want that fertilizer to be able to sink in and you want to put it on at the rate that the the bag recommends that would be the same for the agricultural fertilizer um, it it probably is not um, it's you may be getting a better deal because you're getting bigger bags maybe at less money but it will also have those those three numbers on it So that you know what you're putting down and it will tell you how to put that down, what rate to put it down at. And that will help you a lot uh, to figure out, um, you know, how much you need and everything else. So just like uh, food, more is not necessarily better. You want a good balance. You don't want to over fertilize your your plants because then you're just going to have to be cutting your grass faster. Or you may even burn your grass if you put down too much at one time. So always follow the directions on the bag, and that will help you. And wherever you can get the best deal on your fertilizer, that's what you want to look for. Good luck, Kevin. All right, good.
3: Thanks, Kevin. Uh, Judy is calling in this morning from uh, Bloomington, I believe. Uh, Judy, thanks for waiting. What's your question for Teresa?
4: My my question is we have a cabin up north on a lake, and our yard is full of dandelions, and I had heard that if you, mow the dandelions down as they're coming to bloom, keep doing that, you would get rid of dandelions. Or do you have any other suggestions? Since we're on a lake, I hate to use anything. Right. Judy, those are really good questions, or that's a good question. Um, First of all, I'm kind of jealous of all your dandelions. Dandelions are really important for our bumblebees as they come out of, of hibernation in the spring. That's one of the first flowers our pollinators can actually see out there. But I understand the issue if you don't want dandelions in your yard. Mowing them down, that would probably be a many, 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 many year process. Dandelions have a huge taproot, and they have a lot of energy stored up in that taproot. So what I would suggest, if you don't want to use a chemical Uh, carefully, that says it's four dandelions, a liquid chemical, that would be digging them up. Uh, What you can do too, if you don't want to dig them up, is just get like a knife or something and cut them off at ground level. Now, they still have that huge taproot in there, and that taproot will keep sending up dandelions. But if you stay on top of it and keep cutting the green stuff, that would be like not mowing but actually physically cutting the green that sprouts up eventually after a few years you may um, take all the energy out of that taproot mowing is probably not going to work because dandelion leaves are flat on the soil and they will still they'll be under the under the mower blade you're not going to get them they're still going to green they're still going to photosynthesize and you know even even the second flowers in august are usually like right at the ground level and mowers can't get them so it's a more of a physical thing that you're going to have to dig them out if you don't want them but as soon as they flower if you cut off the flower heads they're not going to recede so the dandelion doesn't send out roots that that make other dandelions it just has the one taproot. So you'll just have the same number of plants all the time. Good okay. luck with that.
3: This uh, listener, Teresa, says, I have a canna canova I purchased last fall. It's in a pot inside, doing well. Should I plant it outside? Will it bloom? If so, what should I do in the fall?
4: Okay, I'm going to take a wild guess that, that that's a canna plant and the canova is the kind of canna that it is. The Probably. canna is uh, the great big leaf plant. I would definitely, if it's potted up now, that's fine. Wait till the soil is warm and then pot it outside. You can put it in the ground or you can just put it in a nice big pot and use it as the center of that pot if it's not going to pull the pot over in a windstorm. And then in the fall, just dig it up. um, If you want to get it and you don't want to lose the leaves, dig it up obviously before a frost, but otherwise, you can let it get hit by the frost and don't let the soil freeze though. As soon as it gets hit by the frost, then dig up that bulb, uh, brush it off, and then you can store it. And the extension website will have really good uh, information about how to store it. If you want to grow it as an indoor house plant, then just dig it up. You can, if you want to, also just sink the pot in the ground and then just pull up the pot when you want to bring it into the house as a house plant. Wash the pot off and the plant off really well. Um, when you're putting it outside after it already has the leaves on in the spring, because you're probably growing it as a house plant right now, you want to adjust it to being outside. So you would you would do that like you would um, any other plant that you're, any other vegetable, or anything. You need to put it out in the sun for a few hours one day and a few hours more the next day. Or set it out in the shade and bring it back in if it's cold at night. You want to get used to being outside because right now it's living the spa, tropical life in your house and Outside Minnesota is a little different. You want to get used to being outside because right now it's living the spa, tropical life in your house. And outside Minnesota is a little different when we plant our plants out in, uh, like, June. I'd wait till Memorial Day to even think about planting it outside.
3: All right. Very good. Hang on, Teresa. We'll take a quick break and be right back with the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show. you have a question, we have a bunch of texts we can uh, do. Or if you want to call 651 4619226. Four six one nine two two six. It's a Saturday morning in the Twin Cities. We're at 13 degrees. All we're going to muster a, today for a daytime high is about twenty four a windy day again today. but sunny tomorrow with highs near thirty five again, thirteen degrees here on Newstalk A3O. This is WCCO. In the meantime, we're back with our remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the uh, 8 o'clock hour. This morning, Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, answering those questions. And Teresa, wouldn't you know, bunch of phone calls, bunch of text messages. Let us see how many uh, folks we can help out here. Uh, Back to the phones we go. Ken is calling in from, I believe, Blaine this morning. Ken, thank you. What is your question? Good morning. Um, I was uh, thinking about doing a Kind of a naturalization of my lawn this spring, and uh, I was wondering a couple things. Uh, the uh, I, at one time I know the state of Minnesota was offering grants for people that were doing that. And uh,
4: is there a place where I can find out more information about that? As far as
3: uh, planting clover and uh, you know sure. a lot of uh, other things.
4: Ken, those are really good ideas. Um, What you're looking for is the Lawns to Legumes grant. Um, I would contact someone at Metro Blooms, M-E-T-R-O, Blooms, B-L-O-O-M-S, and uh, they will be able, or go to their website, and it'll have all the information there, or just Google um, Lawns to Legumes, like legume, L-E-G-U-M-E. Uh, so that's where you're putting down the clover and things like that. And that will give you great ideas about how to go ahead and convert that. And if there's any grants left, if they're taking any grants or if the grant program, I don't know where that is in the application. Good okay. luck.
3: Thanks, Ken. Uh, let's see who else is. Kathleen is next up here calling in from Maple Lake uh, this morning. Thank you, Kathleen. What is your question?
4: Well, my question uh, is kind of hitchhiking on to a earlier question about the deer damage um how do we handle this when um, we've got junipers, yews, blue spruce, cedar, magnolias, hydrangea trees all being uh eaten by the deer and uh this is now like the second or third winter and in my experience so far it's not does not seem to be growing back do we need to replace these these plants and these trees or Will they eventually grow back if we become more aggressive about um, prohibiting the deer? If, you, um, if they're not growing back already, they won't grow back. Uh, some some plants will come back from growing points that are that are still left. Uh, some of the pines, if they get gnawed down too far, will not. Same with the junipers and things like that. Lots of times, there are growing points that can be activated. If you don't see it in one season, that means that plant will not get any bigger or grow back any differently. That's it's where it is. Uh, I would pr- I would try to protect more aggressively if you possibly can. And then maybe think about switching over to things that, that aren't so exciting for the deer to eat, and um, hope maybe some wolves or something move in and take out some of those deers or the hunt or deer, or the hunter takes out some of the deer population too. Um, but yeah, the deer population, it's, a, it's something that we have to deal with. And I wish you all the best luck, Catherine. Uh, you can go to the website too and see if there's any ideas for you.
3: Extension. Uh, boy, I tell you, Teresa, we just have a couple of minutes to go. Let's grab okay. a quick phone call, a quick uh, phone call and answer from Jeannie in Randolph. Uh, Jeannie, what's your question for Teresa?
4: Yes, we're thinking about planting ornamental grass on the west side of our our, our yard, and I just wondered if you recommend any particular kind. And, um, how to plant these grasses? uh Jeannie, That's an excellent idea as long as it's full sun. uh, plant any ones you want that you like, whether it's the Miscanthus, which is not native, or any of the native grasses, a uh, little blue stem. you could plant some plants that you get at the garden center and then maybe some tiny little plants uh between them that you don't pay as much for little two and three and four three inch pots and your big ones will grow and then eventually the small ones will grow too but the big ones the the gallon jugs will the gallon containers will be something to look at that first one or two years till the other ones catch up and that will help fill in the area a little more uh cost cost friendly Um, But, yeah, ornamental grasses are great, and you only have to cut them down in the spring. That's about the only care you need. Make sure they stay nicely watered the first one or two years. Then they should be fine on their own. Good luck with that.
3: And before we run out of time, we only have about a minute or so to go, uh, Teresa. Let's remind our listeners to uh, get to the Arboretum, uh, make reservations online, though, right?
4: Exactly. Get out to the Arbs, see some plants, see some ideas of what your trees look like in the winter when they're full-grown. And then uh, do get your reservations or go to the extension.umn.edu and just get lost in all the wonderful things you can learn on the Yarn Garden page. And you can also connect with Master Gardeners there. And uh, in May, the Hennepin County Master Gardeners will be having a plant sale, May 20th at the Hopkins Pavilion. Had to get that in there.
3: Well, no, that's good. And uh, next time you're on, by all means, remind us again about I that. I will
4: certainly that do. I've got it in my notes.
3: That comes up uh, rather quickly. Uh, Yeah, get on the web. Check it out, extension.umn.edu. Always a pleasure, Teresa. Thank you so much for your expertise. I know our listeners love it as well.
4: It's been my pleasure. Thank you. And everybody stay warm and have fun and be safe.
3: Absolutely. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Just a reminder, coming along uh, next hour, Andy Lindis will be uh, joining us once again. He'll be answering all of your home improvement questions, so get uh, those Keep those in mind, and you can call them in or text them in as usual next hour. Just a reminder, I'll be in for Susie Jones tomorrow. She is uh, taking some time off uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, We will have on our health hour a guest, Dr. Matthew uh, Pewterbaugh. He is a physical medicine and rehabilitation physician in the brain injury medicine area at Hennepin Healthcare. That's what we're going to be talking about, traumatic brain injury tomorrow, concussions, things like that. So keep those in mind. And that'll be in the 7 o'clock hour tomorrow. In the meantime, here's our weather. High today, if you want to call it that, near 24. Uh, low tonight, 6:35. with sunny tomorrow.
0: Right now, it's 13. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours